0: Hello listener, this is Kate Rhodes and I'm bringing you this bonus episode of Precious Flamingo where we're going to have a little behind the scenes look at the experience of all my very extremely talented voice actors and a little background information about how this all happened for the future generations and dimensional travelers that may come across this podcast and not understand what's going on. First, okay, here's a little, a little, a few little background pieces of information and Easter eggs and so forth, okay? So remember in the very first one, when we're on the tour and everything, and there's a painting by Roy DeForest that was actually in the San Francisco Art Commission Gallery um, called Homage to Zane Gray. A lot of the podcast is based on different stuff around the life of Zane Gray and stories from him and also a TV show called Zane Gray Theater that was based somewhat loosely on some of Zane Gray's western short stories. He was a western novelist. Well, he was from Zanesville, Ohio, which the island in the podcast is kind of modeled after all the intersections and some of the places like uh, Mattingly Food supply store and stuff like that are real places in zanesville ohio my brother and i'm from ohio my brother in college uh well when my brother was in college his roommates were from zanesville zanesville real place named after zane gray's grandpa i think ebenezer zane uh who was like a revolutionary war guy zanesville ohio real place. Also, Zane Grey, before he was a novelist, was a dentist, which is where I got the idea for Rosie to be a dentist. Also, flamingos, it's said, might actually be where the phoenix myth came from, because of their fiery reddish coloring, okay, and that, you know, they stand in water a lot, and the something about seeing the water and the reflections and whatnot could look like they're in flames. Uh, Gloria's Nine Points of Light if you take the first letter of each part of it spells out Valley Fog do with that what you will Um, a lot of the names of characters like Witherstein and um, Dr. Pittman those come from stories uh, stories by Zane Gray, particularly Riders of the Purple Sage, which is also a story where at the end, one of the characters rolls a boulder to like close up a passageway through a canyon, which is where I got that idea for uh, the, the cave in at the cave at the end. Um, what else? There were a lot of other like, Oh, um, a lot of the music is by Aaron Copeland who was a composer who lived from 1900 to 1990, 90 years on the dot, who was um, like of a Jewish-Lithuanian descent. Lithuania, of course, got its sovereignty from the USSR on my 8th birthday, August 31st. A lot of other little Easter eggs and things in there. Just wanted to give you a little, just a, few, just a few little tidbits. Now let's hear from some of the actors that were on the show. I am now talking to Katie Kondo, who plays Rosie, the precious flamingo, the titular flamingo of the show. Katie, you're also my girlfriend. It's true. You are also really my collaborator on this whole thing. Oh, thanks. Well, that's true. Okay. Can we really get into the nitty gritty? Sure.
1: Okay, go ahead. Uh. You give yourself big, ambitious projects, and then you bite off more than really one person can chew on their own. And so you finagle me into it with a lot of peer pressure, a lot of it's just one thing. I just need a little bit of help.
0: Sure and enough, four months later.
1: Next thing you know, I'm recording... After I've worked all day. <laughs> and if I'm not recording, I'm helping write or helping speak. Well,
0: okay, but you making me write scripts so that we don't have to just sit here and improvise for five hours really helped me make it, I think, a better show.
1: I I like to think that. What did
0: you think about your character, Rosie?
1: You know, I think Rosie is really driven, and I love that she was able to do so much with her very simple power of dentistry and being a phoenix. I would like to hear... Uh, <laughs> Kate, why don't you tell me a little bit about the background to this? Like, what what made you want to do this podcast mini series?
0: Well... <laughs> stephen wolf approached me to do this show here at the sfac gallery Uh and he wanted me to do a live guided tour a live tour of the international art museum of america because the the idea for the show was like bubble worlds like worlds that are in their own little bubble Mm -hmm. which is what is going on at the iama because if you haven't looked into it it is run by basically a cult leader who Mm -hmm. says that he's the reincarnation of the Buddha, but has been kind of debunked by more like official Buddhist leaders and is in exile from China and lives in Pasadena. And But then once we looked into it, uh, the whole idea of going and taking a tour group over there, we were kind of like, man, they're not going to let us do that because they really keep the whole place like very surveilled yeah it's very
1: tightly controlled
0: so then i was like well maybe i could do an audio tour of that Mm. i also didn't want to be making something that was just like check out how weird this is like because it is a very odd place but i just felt uh
2: it was hard to think of a way to do it
0: that wasn't just like kind of you know super negative or like debunking or whatever because it is, even though it is, like, maybe a weird and slightly creepy place, it's also, like, an it's interesting... A, it's a it, fun experience. It sparks my imagination
1: to be in that place. Yeah. So, anyhow, they Isn't that what all art is trying to do? Exactly. You know? but so there, in that way, it's very successful.
0: But there really is a lenticular print of these flamingos, which seems so out of place. And the title of the piece is, like, Two Phoenixes in the mist or in the stream or whatever. And so that was kind of the, that was really the inspiration for the whole thing mm-hmm. was like, what if these flamingos are a, are phoenixes, right. And I go into that hologram and go
1: into another world. Tell me a little bit about the pony Marauders. Oh,
0: that was played by my mom and her best friend, Gail. <laughs> I wish we could interview them. Cause that would be, they were pretty They had had a few drinks when we recorded that, Uh and I think that really helped it. We were recording outside for that.
1: But that's great because the scene took place outside.
0: Yeah, I really wanted them to come back at some point, but I just never could get... Well, my mom doesn't live in the States, so that was rough, but I couldn't couldn't get them together to be in it again. They were fun. Really, that whole, like, Gail really guided the show with her Gloria... With her whole deal with Gloria, G L O R A.
1: -A, That was all ad-libbed. Yeah. And that really ran through the show. Uh, Tell me more about the Taunting War. Ooh, the Taunting War.
0: That was based... Okay, that whole war, actually, was kind of based on a war that happened between Michigan and Ohio back before Ohio was a state. There was the Ohio-Michigan War. And it was a mostly bloodless war. That's where that phrase comes from. Except that somebody got... Like stabbed by a pin knife.
1: That is an incredible story. It really is. Look it up on Wikipedia. I should do
0: a whole separate podcast just about the Ohio-Michigan war. But basically it was just like a lot of like building up of militias. A lot of taunting. And people just like standing (laughs) in a territory. Getting really puffed up at each other. Finally there was like some small skirmish where some official's son got in a fight. The whole thing was over this piece of land called the Toledo Strip, which is where present day Toledo is. Which Toledo, Ohio, spoiler alert, Ohio got the piece of land. Hey, but hey, hey, when they became a state. But then in the negotiations, Michigan got the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which actually was maybe a better deal because it was rich with natural resources. Well, Toledo had you. That's
1: true. I would have been a Michigander.
0: Okay. Any other last thoughts?
1: I want to say what a honor it was to get to work with you and all the other voice actors on the show. All the other
0: voice actors, for sure. I'm sure you're not you're done being honored.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've received enough laurels from you. But (laughs) what was that like to have to sort of write episodes and coordinate across people who had their own busy lives? um on because you were creating this podcast not just you know all at once with lots of time where you could release them but you were you were making them and writing them as the weeks were going by
0: yeah i thought i was going to be able to get like a whole bunch of them done kind of right at the beginning but it was a lot of like time and research to do that tour that's the first episode And that kind of took up the time I thought I was going to be using to script like the first couple episodes. So I really was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, except for episodes 11 and 12, I had to do in advance because I went out of town with my brother. I get one thing about this whole situation. Well, coordinating people was easy because mostly the people that were on the show were people I see often, which was strategic, except for my mom and Gail. But we were with them at the time, so I was like, hey, you could be some characters on my show. One thing I learned from all this was a new appreciation for people that do these kind of like narrative episodic kind of things like TV writers and things like that. Because if you get like two or three that you're really happy with, that is a triumph. I get it now. <laughs> Where you have a season and you're like, man, it was mostly garbage. But then look back and be like, weren't there a couple episodes that were really spot on? Yeah. And you got to say, thank you, TV creator, because that's a lot. Right. If you're banging out every episode is great, like season five of The Office, you're a wizard. And well, I mean, they have teams of people to do it. In, right. Like, that's time. the other thing. It was, just, <laughs> it was just you and sometimes me also. Right.
1: Yeah. You and me were the real core. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about this project because... It was inspired by the IAMA, and I feel like we really experienced that together. In an episode of Congratulations, Pine Tree, we went deep into the International Art Museum of America. That's my other podcast. I got to do that episode with you and May Soon, and I got to do some frontline reporting, and I've felt very tied to that place since then. So it was cool to have an opportunity to do a project with you, where we got to, you know, revisit that place, but obviously in a very topsy turvy way. And so it was just a super exciting premise, and it's fun to be a badass flamingo dentist. And people, go check out the IAMA. Seriously, you ha- if you have not been, you have to go. It's, it's free. free. And it's really going to make you think. And that's the thing. That's why I'm saying I think the IMA is actually a fantastic museum because it makes you filled with wonder. Yes. Curiosity. Tons of like you will be so curious. I think that's (laughs) really the paramount (laughs) feeling. Yes. And uh, yeah, you'll be filled with wonderment and joy and confusion and you'll be full of questions. And isn't that the goal of... Going to see art, a hundred percent. So you gotta go. If you didn't go on this dang walking tour, you still you still can. That's the other thing. You, you still, still can, go. can and you should absolutely go and check out those flamingos and say hi.
0: And you have to go all the way in to see the flamingos. You oh, gotta go deep yeah. in. They're you kind of the, like one of the farthest things to get to.
1: So, we'll know. We'll know if you really win.
0: I'm here with Anastasia Vigo, who played Gloria on Precious Flamingo. And uh, you probably are one of the most, like, legit uh, performing actor people on the show. Um, I don't know
3: about that. Not to deride anyone. (laughs) Everyone had great performances, though. Everyone was, like, so real. Totally. I really think voice acting is really cool and I want to do it more and so this was just such a great experience. Do you want to
0: talk a little bit about Gloria and uh, your kind of conception of that character?
3: I think Gloria really believes that she's powerful. I, mean, I think that she is of has two sides. So some people might think she's like putting on an act or you know, showing this fake side of herself for her followers, but I think she actually believes that that's her. Like, I think she she is a little delusional. Bizarrely enough, I feel like I kind of related to Gloria because she just, you know, some of the things she's saying feel kind of good, but she's like, yeah, like, be light and positive and like like, anything's possible yeah i also like pizza a lot (laughs) yes and but at the same time i think that um she just is yeah not her her thinking's not based in reality she's just like in another world and she's gonna do whatever it takes to get what she wants not that i do that (laughs) i don't relate to that part I love the idea of her being a little parrot and cute and pretty, but also just really feeling strong and powerful and horrible, like (laughs) cute package, but really horrible person (laughs) or bird. The kind of parrot that she
0: is, is the kind in San Francisco. Did I ever tell you that?
3: No. Oh, yeah. I or, love. No, cherry-headed Conyers. One <laughs> one of the things that, um, when I was a kid, I watched that documentary, The, the Parents Pirates of, of Telegraph. Telegraph Hill. And it's such a good documentary. And I remember when I first moved here and I was walking kind of like by the Embarcadero. There's a park over there and
0: oh yeah that's where they're really like they just go there's like
3: eucalyptus trees and they just go from tree to tree and it sound it sounded exactly like um there's a there's some of the sound effects in hitchcock's birds that kind of sounds like a tape recorder like being wound i was like oh my god those birds sound so crazy what are those and the more i looked at them i was like oh my god those are the parrots And got like obsessed with going over there and listening to them chatter because they're so chatty. And now I can hear it all the time. Like wherever I am, I hear that noise. I'm like, oh, there it is. I don't know. They're they are kind of (laughs) mean. Like you see them like dive bomb each other. Yeah. and, And I'm, you know, watching them. You're like, oh, dang. Like, but they also, you know, are very social. They they live in these huge packs and they're pretty. And they're really smart. Really? Yeah, parrots are, yeah. So cool. Gloria's pretty smart. Oh, totally.
0: The, uh, I forget if it says in that documentary, but the, those parrots are like an invasive species. Yeah. And that they came out of a, a, a pet shop fire. Yeah. In Pasadena, which is really relevant to me because the, uh, the guy who started the International Art Museum of America, who's also possibly a cult leader, lives in Pasadena. And so, has his
3: museum in San Francisco. So that's why you chose Gloria to be that bird. Uh-huh. Amazing. <laughs> he is also an invasive species. Yes. <laughs> so weird. Um, I really, it's so funny because uh, right before you asked me to play Gloria, I was talking with a friend about financial problems. Uh-huh. And I was like, I should start a cult. That's like, you know, um, L. Ron Hubbard said religion is the best way to become a millionaire. Um now probably billionaire and (laughs) yeah so i was like oh i should just start a cult you know jokingly but i but i was like thinking about like how easy it seems to be like you just need a dynamic leader and people and and you know using false logic you can get people to believe you which is frustrating that I have morals and can't do
0: that. <laughs> Listeners should hire you. Yeah. Do you want to have, do you want to put out any contact
3: info? Sure. Look me up on Facebook, Anastasia Vigo, and you could, I'll walk your dog. I'll paint a fence. I'll do voice acting. Oh, oh be yeah. The I'll do yeah. voice acting for sure, but I will do anything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Well, not anything. I would join your cult, though. Oh,
0: there's that vegan cult. I feel like that one's oh, might the not Loving be Hut. Bad.
3: Yeah, I love that cult. Um, where I grew up in Arizona, there was a a Loving Hut. It used to be called Vegetarian House, and um, I just one of the cutest things I ever saw was two of the servers who worked there were putting one of those um license plate frames on the their car and they were just like so excited and they're like putting it on with the screwdriver and i was like oh what is what is what does it say i'm like trying to look at it and then it said i heart supreme master ching hai
0: whoa <laughs> and i was like
3: that is so cute that's the cutest cult i've ever seen <laughs> i don't really know much about it it might no, be horrible but... totally you you gotta i feel like you gotta always assume that if you
0: just kind of lift the hood up on that you know that there's a quagmire of exactly. mistreatment
3: <laughs> yeah but but, but delicious I, food i think my cult would probably be like more of like a cult of chill like you watch movies like eat really good snacks i love um dipping sauces like having an array of snacks that can be dipped <laughs> into an array of dipping sauces so that would be like a huge part like of the a cult. sauce bar a sauce bar yes That's that's a dream, actually. Let's have a sauce party.
0: Thank you so much for
3: helping me bring life to this. I loved being a part of it. I loved listening to it. Like I was an avid listener before you asked me to do it, and I. It's it's so good. It's so fun to listen to, and I think it also is very, like
0: important important like probably like a pretty big masterpiece it's like probably like the we probably should all get googs for it Guggenheim it's grants. The,
3: it's the greatest work of genius <laughs> that's come out for a long time but i think it's just it's just like very interesting to listen to this in the context of the time that we live in i'm here with barbro bada
2: hello kate rhodes
0: um professional voice actor and artist in her own right who you can pay and hire if you need a voice work done do you want to give some contact info barbara
2: i'd love to give some contact info kate i can be reached at barbara.obata at gmail.com
0: that's barbara you can figure it out obata o-b-a-t-a at gmail.com so barbara how was your experience working on this show i have to say Thank you so much for all the help, especially in the last few episodes where I would come to you and be like, what the hell is going to happen? And we would sit and hash it out and you would help me work through my
2: creative angst. Kate, I have to say it was hilarious, sometimes sweaty. Sometimes I felt a little bit awkward and like I... <laughs> I, I, I... Your character has multiple
0: <laughs> lovers of... Multiple species.
2: That's true. I, I did enjoy getting to know so many other love relationships during this episode. These episodes.
0: And uh, how do you think about Molly Mattingly, purveyor of the Molly Mattingly Food Supply Company?
2: I think of her as a lover of all animals, and a lover of small creatures, the weak, the humble the spirited, and as a forgiving pelican. Mm
0: -hmm. She's kind of, I feel like, the scrappiest, like, she's kind of the fighting hero, kind of, in my eyes, of all the characters.
2: Really? Yeah. I feel very good about that. It's been a very enriching experience, Kate, sitting in here in your beautiful studio (laughs) in downtown Oakland, in the coolness of these summer days.
0: One of the major themes that I was thinking about when I was working on this show was kind of our contemporary political moment.
2: Ah, yes. I feel that despite appearances that the characters in your story had hope that there was something else, both the followers and the non-followers, like a
0: belief, like mm. something else, like beyond yeah, there was, the that earthly there, yes. realm? Yeah.
2: That there, that there, that some, there, there was going to be a better choice coming along sometime. Somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. I think the followers were just following for the short term.
0: And that they weren't beyond redemption. redemption. That's right. Redemption, also one of my key themes. <laughs> Although I don't know if I really hit that one. You want to hear some of my other themes? Yes, I do. Um, faults as assets, when like something that you think is like a bad thing about you is actually one of the best things about you. Oh. Um, I don't know how that came through. Facts and science were a theme, <laughs> except all the sciencey parts weren't very scientific. And slugs don't give live birth. I think they lay eggs. <laughs>
2: Did we know whether or not those were those those were came from eggs or not? I mean, I mean, kind it of. seems
0: like in that episode, it
2: seems like uh, Ruth oh, really gives birth, right. yeah, That's with Doctor Pittman. Mm. But you know, poetic uh, right. license. But it was also off happening off camera, so to speak. Okay, so I also have to ask you: you did a nice blend of kind of improvisational sort of rough scripting as well as the finished scripting. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that aspect of working on this project. I've
0: never, yeah. I mean, I've written Mm -hmm. scripts before and I've had parts where it was improvised and then I'd write it down as a script and then have actors like say the words that were originally improvised but kind of polished up. But it was nice to be able to like have because you and all my other performers were such great improvisers that it would be Silly not to be able to bring that into it.
2: That was highly enjoyable.
0: I think the only other thing is that I hope that uh, if we get to do more projects in this vein, we have millions of dollars and I can pay you in more than just food.
2: The food has been wonderful here.
0: (laughs) In our green room?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Exceptional.
0: And the other thing that the listeners might not know is that we record one-on-one. Like, it's always me recording with one other character actor um and so you never got to like record with except for katie who plays rosie um Mm -hmm. you never got to record with like any of the other weirdos Mm -hmm. so that would be cool if i could have like multiple people coming at once Mm -hmm. any other thoughts on molly the pelican did you have a strong connection to pelicans before this
2: i had a very intense intense connection to pelicans which i'm sure i mentioned to you at some point no you didn't I used to live in San Francisco, maybe three miles from where a lot of pelicans were. So I would run over this hill, this pretty steep hill, to where the pelicans were. Okay, I dropped back down to the water, okay. And uh I would just watch the pelicans fly back and forth because they have that intense wingspan they're and a they're the birds. most graceful creatures I've ever seen and then they kind of waddle around and look like the least graceful creatures when they're on land yeah that's really interesting
0: they got that big
2: neck beak yeah but and then when they're swooping around out there they could swoop around out there and not move their wings at all it looks like they're just gliding for you know as far as the eye can see
0: what is your face? What is your face right now? Because
2: I would just sit there by the water like sweating and just watching them just fly back and forth and back and forth. like, And I was completely hypnotized. And this would just go on and on every day. I don't know why I did it.
0: That's incredible. I love pelicans. I, I love when you too. see, sometimes we see them in Lake Merritt and they'll be flying or uh, swimming in the water And there'll be two or three of them And they'll kind of be in a weird formation oh. And when they'll dip down, dip their heads down To like take a gulp of water to uh-huh. eat Whatever they eat out of the lake They do it in unison
2: oh, uh, They'll be dipping wow. and coming
0: back up in unison Wait, are they They're are very graceful birds brown
2: pelicans or white pelicans? White though? pelicans I didn't even know there were brown pelicans I don't uh, Anyway, so the ones that I used to watch I think they were all brown pelicans
0: Oh, right on You're doing a lot of interesting faces for this audio recording. (laughs) It's true. You always do. You really put your whole body in it.
2: Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Well, we're about to go have some excellent food right now. So thank you so much, Barbara.
2: Thank you, Kate Rhodes.
0: I'm here with Carrie Hott, who played Cecilia, the hedgehog receptionist, and uh, Professor Witherstein, the koala scientist. Mm -hmm. You were an integral, I mean... Ari and I did all these episodes for Congratulations Pine Tree, my other podcast, mm-hmm. that were really the inspiration for this show. Heck yeah, yeah.
4: I just I really enjoyed it. I really appreciated having uh, structured lines, but being able to improvise and find my characters. I moved through, so <laughs> I just want to express my appreciation for that.
0: What about your relationship to science? Because um, you're a sciencey person. I'm pretty
4: sciencey. I'm not very. Um, you're
0: not a scientist, but no. you're very sciencey, <laughs> which I think really was what we mm. illustrated in the show. <laughs> well, I
4: just, you know, I relate to, I guess when it comes down to it, I just feel like I really relate to Professor Witherstein. I really felt like she had a, a real arc of an experience over the course of the show and fought for what she believed in and... You know, I was right there with her the whole time. Did you ever find
0: when you were listening to the show that you really wanted pizza?
4: Oh, yeah. I I think that probably like every two or three days I'm wondering if I should have pizza. Well, I just can't wait for the next one. The next allegorical drama. Ooh, is that what this is? I guess. Yeah. Sure. I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here. I don't know how it's going to end. And I'm really excited to learn more (laughs) about how it's going to end.
0: That's the other thing. It's like everyone's in a splinter cell. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) knows what anyone else is doing.
4: But because I listened to the show the whole time, I didn't have a hard time finding my emotional motivation, especially there at the end.
0: (laughs) I think you could do it professionally.
4: Okay. I should join up with that British intro guy
0: peter baker yeah (laughs) professional british broadcaster
4: you know i i'm looking for work so (laughs) (laughs) anyone out there listening wants a a voice like this one
0: it's a very unique voice it's not easy to find unique voices
4: yeah if you want a voice like this one i'm ready yeah
0: for your commercial work Mm -hmm. what kind of commercial um work are you willing to do
4: pretty open i guess except for anything that uh is trying to pull one over on someone else.
0: Right on. Just like Professor with
4: a G. just like Professor <laughs> <with their state.
0: laughs> Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm here talking to Amy Ho who played Amy. Was it a real stretch for you to play that character?
5: Mm, no, because the day that you told me I was going to play the pizza maker, I made pizza for lunch.
0: Um, a lot of people were very sad when your character went back to her own dimension and her own world because they wanted you to still be on the show. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you were definitely a lot of people. Well, I was of sad to leave. Yeah. What do you think happened after?
5: Oh, um, went to the reunion. That, uh-huh. That's where I went in real life, too. Did you really have a family reunion? Uh, okay, you know, I can't remember if it was before or after. No. <laughs>
0: You were, you're also one of my studio mates here at Real Time and Space in Chinatown, our co-op studio. Would you call it a co-op? Yeah. We're
5: cooperative. Uh, uh, I logged there. into your email, but that password didn't work. When you got back? Yeah. You. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to do that. I mean, I didn't get to it till after the reunion, but... Sure yeah. enough. <laughs> uh,
0: did you remember the uppercase, lowercase... Of the D's, of course. Oh,
5: okay. Um, hey, it's written on that box that you just threw. Out. Yeah, that's why I had Somebody to change it. Somebody else is it. gonna log in your email.
0: You know, I wonder if I was back in the other dimension by the time if you w- went and did the whole
2: family reunion.
0: reunion. You know what I mean? Because the whole time weirdness. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think if you really got sucked into another dimension, you'd be a lot less likely to just listen to a talking parrot telling you there's dragons around and imprisoning you in a hole.
5: <laughs> yeah, and I, but I, and I definitely make pizza that was lactose free. Yeah. I mean, as an option.
0: Right. And yeah. not just be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You are uh, lactose intolerant. In real life. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I wrote that with you in mind (laughs) but yeah
5: yeah and i like making pizza in real life too so
0: you're an excellent cook i would say chef even i thought
5: about making or i thought about wearing my pizza costume during the recording but you did bring
0: some friends with you
5: (laughs) for the first recording well there was a vulture in the first that day Uh uh-huh so i thought i'd bring my vulture by you sure did (laughs) And you're also a very skilled costumer. Oh, yeah. There was this part about the costume making. Uh Which,
0: that was kind of a coincidence that we had the sea bass as one of the costume options from Old Lady Linda.
5: I thought it wasn't a coincidence at first. I didn't. I mean, I'm sure
0: (laughs) subconsciously that was a shout out to your Big Mouth Billy Bass costume (laughs) that you actually made in real life.
5: Yeah. It was a Halloween costume
0: some of your other costume um, options the balloon drop yeah that was was incredible yeah um did you ever measure the height on that costume no it had to be (laughs) 10 feet (laughs) maybe more than that even uh what else you got
5: um berries grapes Oh, a boysenberry. Boysenberry. Oh, there's so many costumes. Pinata. Yeah, the pinata was maybe my favorite.
0: That's a great one. I'm excited to work with you again in the future. Woohoo. Is there going to be a part two? Probably not. It was really (laughs) hard. If I got a bunch of money, I'd do another one. Another something like it. Or probably not another season of Precious Flamingo, but something episodic like that.
5: Do you want to shout out a show where you got a show coming up in San Diego? Oh, yeah. Um, November? Yeah, I have a show in San Diego at the San Diego State University Downtown Art Gallery um, that opens on November 16th.
0: Yeah, and anybody from the SFAC listening, if you want to give a grant or a project (laughs) or whatever to Amy Ho, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Okay, bye.